I got the money in my hand right now. I'll let it fly. I got the F and E on me right now. I'll let it fly. I wanna fuck the baddest bitch here right now. I'll let it. I got old ass money, four, five years old, nigga. I'll let it ride. Gal off his head with the leather on the side. Fuck the wild geek, now it's hard to tell me by. I can't say too much, cause them crackers giving time Trapping ain't for you, boy, you need to get a job I always show my hand, that's why I don't play card The streets turn me to a beast, I'ma blame y'all Killers has on camera, boy, your lord paid off I still be getting work checks on my day off I'm fly as hell, it's like Red Bull when I shop I'm not a dog, but I got a pool at the top I'm BMF, boy, I got pool with the mob I really made the wave, y'all just cruising and riding Pour it, pour it, pour it in the pot Who is that creeping up? I know it ain't hot Cleaned up, bacon salt, throw it in the pot I'm a high head, cold heart, it's snowing in July This table came out, I'm like, no, that nigga not I knew he was a bitch, but I ain't know he was a mouse Hit his ass with shells, when he stomping niggas out Send the mirrors in the truck, cause more than a house I ain't got shit to be worrying about Flipping burger niggas like we working in and out I was making money while I was snowing off the watch She wanna drive the boat, let me pour it in your mouth My jacket palm angel, my shorts Balenciaga I'm boys in all black, you think they play for Donda My game's so cold, I'm fucking her in the sign I'm a motherfucker, walking, talking, money launder I hope you know that bitch be sucking dick while you all tongue I treat her like a dog, she act like I ain't do nothing wrong to her I'm fucking front and back, I'm pulling on her pony here I hit the strip club, I'm too rich, I don't belong in there I got that motherfucking money in my hand right now, nigga I let it I got the motherfucking F and N on me right now, boy. I let it. I wanna, I wanna fuck the baddest bitch in here right now. I let it. I got all ass money, six, seven years old, nigga. I let it rock. Welcome back to another episode of Boys on Lot of Podcast with Ashe Sanchez Bloomberg. Samari's not here. to see my family in Wichita this weekend. Um, Caitlin's been down there all week with Brody, and uh, so I haven't seen him in a couple days. I haven't seen him all week, but we're going down there and just kind of hanging out. I got to be back for work on Sunday, obviously, but just be able to go down there and hang out for a little bit. So. I think we talked about this before, but that shit crazy, Brad. To think about this, like, you staying back while your family and everybody's up there. Well, and my girlfriend goes and hangs out with my parents. Yeah. My girlfriend and my son goes and hang out with my parents all week for spring break. Like, it's probably and it's probably like the little things, but how much does that like mean to you that your like family gets along with your girlfriend? Your girlfriend gets. Along well, it's with everything because yeah. my family's everything. Like, mm-hmm. and they didn't click right out the gate. Like it was rough. It was rough and tumble for a little bit, but second, third time she came down, it kind of clicked. I think. She, our, our families are so much different. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to sit here and like shit talk her family yeah. at all, but my family has such a healthy relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. All four of us, my sister and my parents. So like, I think she was really worried about fucking it up. Mm-hmm. So you know, everybody does that. She was, it was almost like a job interview. Like she was going down there, like, and I didn't stress her out about it beforehand or anything like that. But like, you want to impress the parents, obviously. And she was just trying so hard to fit in. And my parents and my sister were kind of taken aback, like, all right, this is it's kind of weird here and there. But the second she was just starting to act like herself, it clicked, and her and my sister are best friends now. They get along with my mom, and my mom...
he had some former issues with his family too, mm-hmm. and uh, he had a different way of coping with things. And like, you get around it to a certain degree, but then it, like, at the same time, you don't. Like, it's it is weird at certain times. So, but their relationship fell apart outside of it. So obviously, you're not gonna forced to stay together just because of family at that point either but me and Caitlin are tied now married divorce or not that motherfucker is my world so that's uh how you feel like like I guess I know we're talking about on the podcast but it don't matter to me like how you feel like the relationship's taking a turn since like you know college days to like moving in with her to like, me and Caitlin wow, yeah there's definitely still a lot of things I need to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, I still haven't found a healthy balance between personal life, work life, and time with her. Whether it's just doing stuff around the house or like physically hanging out with her and being with her. Um, so I internalize a lot of it. I need to work on it a lot um, to find that balance. But it's scary sometimes because just having a kid just intensifies everything. Like every emotion that you have... And, and it intensifies every emotion that you have inside your relationship as well. So, like, that little fight means that much more. That that That's something where you used to just get mad and walk to the other room can now start turning into an argument because you're arguing about something you both care about more than you care about anything else in the world. So, that's another reason why I'm trying to take so much... Well, I'm trying to, to take more time, so much more time, and devote it to it because... It's one of those things where people say, like, sometimes having a kid can split you apart, but it can also bring you together. It is just, it all depends on the foundation you're built on. And right now, I wouldn't say that we don't have a solid foundation by any stretch, but, like, it could definitely be stronger. And I put a lot of that on myself. So, I mean, it's, it's developed. That is, like, I've just been thinking about it a lot. And especially this last week, obviously. I've been by myself most of the week um, with them being down there. So, it just gave me a lot of time to reflect and look back on a lot of stuff. And I just, like I said, I've got a lot of stuff to work on inside my relationship and just in other parts of life, too. So, it's just about being up and trying to at least start somewhere. You can't fix all your problems. five plus years at least like i mean i haven't lost anybody and obviously i didn't lose him he's just he's literally just two hours down the road for a week (laughs) um but like i I just it just all hit me that i wasn't going to be able to see him for a week and Mm -hmm. i just broke down and started crying and you know where i I physically like had to get back in my car and collect my self-realization because you're never you're never alone i'm never alone like like I get home at two PM, I know that within the next two hours they're both gonna come walking through the door. Like I think it's a lot of things even with me living with Samari, like I'll have nobody here, so like I'm playing the game with y'all. I'm lost in it. Honestly Yeah, you told me to remember and I don't know if I did. Um Fuck. I never they never asked for me to pay usually or I never thought about even asking them or being or even telling them like I got you. It's just like Act of kindness. Yeah, exactly. That aspect of like just people like feeling like just entitled to like you go out a certain couple number of times and like even take her like she'd be hanging out with friends and all four of us would go to Chick Fil A. I remember 
I spent fifty fucking dollars at Chick Fil A one time on dinner. Mm. Didn't think twice about it. I was like, fucking, put it on. And of course, back in high school too, like that's a big fuck. Well, eating out in general, somebody paying for you is a big fucking deal in high school. You and like Chick Fil A is crazy. Yeah, I mean it's four people. Oh, damn. Yeah, and I he paid for... Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, like I said, when you're when you're the one initiating it, like, you feel God, I'm like, fucking... I'm that dude. I ain't checked my bank account in three weeks. Swipe that bitch. <laughs> I don't even care. Like, like it's it's the coolest feeling in the world. But again, uh, yeah, that like, don't mean shit now. Like, niggas used to get, like, a three dollars $400 check from the job, if that, right? Below that. Bitch, <laughs> I'd be like, like, in a week. In a week. <laughs> I don't know how. Like, how the fuck did we spend so much money so quickly? Bro, I never forget. It was this one time, bro. It was like this. It was like this week where me and Samari, we had this like, we had this like girl. Like, we did this thing. It was double day. It was double day. Mm. And, I, and I remember, I had got like seven hundred dollars the week before, for my like a oh. check for my dad. Oh yeah. I was my dad got seven hundred dollars. Bro, I was like, huh, nigga, seven hundred, bro. I remember I posted it. Like, it was a seven hundred dollars. That was the most money I feel like I made on a paycheck to that day. Oh yeah, hell yeah. I was flashing that bitch. I remember I had a girl slide up. She was like, "You need to put me on with your job." I lied. I was like, "Yeah, I got this from a movie company." Like I'm really out here making these movies. You tripping, I mean, bro? I had them bitches thinking I was actually. I'm crying, bro. So I remember like. Girls were like hitting me up and stuff. I was like, they were like, man, you got so much money, and we're still in high school, we're still a junior. I was like, you know, really got nigga though. Bro, literally, I mean, like, I'm really, yeah, I really just got it like that, to be honest. Like, Like, my mom really is still working with me at a young age, and I just like. And if I if I ever had like a complaint with my parents, that would be the one thing, because like through high school and everything, like I never had to fill up my tank for gas like they always pay for gas my car insurance we didn't have a car payment because i drove an older car but Mm -hmm. like gas and everything so like i really didn't have like during the summer especially like i was making four five six hundred seven hundred dollars a week or two every two weeks and i there was no responsibilities like i had nowhere where that money was supposed to go and it's to that point where like as a kid like at that time frame if my mom was like put half of it away in savings every week yeah. that shit would have pissed me off but god damn it i wish she would have done it like because i i get that money now and i i do it again like i got tax return i was like well not checking the bank account for four or five days doing whatever the fuck i want to i ain't even looking i looked at it today when i was at walmart and i was like fuck <laughs> damn it i was like all right where literally like i put those three things in the cart i was like i'm not spending no more fucking money like for the rest of the ne- the rest of the month, <laughs> nothing. You're right though. Now that I think about it, like you're right because hmm. like that's the same thing with me. Like, but like I told you, my mom's like her love is like materialistic stuff, right? So I was with my mom for like the first half of my my life, and I would everything everything. My mom paid for my haircuts up till I was like 22, bro. Like, yeah, my mom's my mom still does. To be honest with you, like she doesn't now just because we use Cash App and it's. She doesn't use Cash App, so it gets a little weird to try to fucking do it now. But, like, when I was still in Wichita and I was still just paying with a card, I would always just swipe hers. And she was, which, 
especially in Wichita, this shit was like $40 after tip. Yeah, so it was just, but it was to the point where she was like, you can't fucking go anytime sooner than a fucking three-week period. Like, like where I would have to fucking map that shit out and make sure that I wasn't going before the third week just because, that's an expensive-ass haircut, 40 fucking dollars. That's a tank of gas, bro. Not now, but back then. Hey, no, bro. Tank of gas getting, it, it went down, though. It went down. Did it? Uh, they told me that it went down at least in Georgia. Did. I haven't filled up recently. It was like four hundred eight, and it's down to like three eighty. I'm at a quarter of tank now, so I'm about to fill up soon. But like, it's like fifty dollars to fill up my car right now, bro. I shit you not. Okay, regular price is like two dollars, like three dollars. How much is it? Oh, like before, before yeah. this spike, like back when it was still like two fifty three dollars, mm-hmm. like twenty five dollars. It's straight up like I feel like it's doubled. It's probably like forty five if I had to be real. But I remember, like, I was, like, I wasn't on E, but, you know, like, when I had, like, an eighth of a tank or whatever, and I went put 35 in it, didn't all get all the way full, I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this car used to be $25 to fill. Like, it do be moments like this where I'd be like, <laughs> I'm finna, where the scooter at? I'm finna pay $3, go across town. Y'all got it, right? Y'all got it, right? Put the straps back on my Crocs, I'm finna book it. But, fucking, what was I going to say? Just, like, I I remember that day I got that $700 check. I went and bought an iPhone. Oh, damn. $300. Yep. It was a a track phone. Oh, yeah. I bought an iPhone. Paid my bills ahead of time. Tried to buy my dad. I was like, bro, I was like, it's like I'll be looking at the money in my account, and I know that I got it, but I'll sit here and be like, how do I use all this money? See, I never, I felt like I never had that thought, but goddamn it, I figured out a way, though. I'll tell you that much. I would sit here and be like, man, I got, I still got money left. Like, how do I do this? Now, and then I got to like where I was 20 and 21, where I'd be like, I have money. Don't use it all, but still use a good portion of it. Yeah, like where I would get $600 knowing that I don't get paid for another two weeks, and somehow I would run out in a week, and I'd have to live broke for a week. Bro. Just. Running like that weekend that me and Sam I did that run. I remember it was like I had like three hundred dollars. I brought that bitch down to like three hundred seven. I was making runs with this nigga Samari to like this girl's house. We were running. My homeboys had a car. It was like three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, y'all niggas want some McDonald's? I got y'all. Like literally, it's crazy how it's changed. It's crazy what happens when your money has to go somewhere else first. Uh, I like even with today, like when I went grocery shopping with you, like it just being smarter, like to make sure I have some. Make a grocery list, bro. You gonna do what I did? I went in there for cat food. What I leave with the goddamn sound bar. <laughs> just that's crazy, bro. Oh, uh, that's fucking funny. But yeah, man. That's definitely, and don't go to the fucking store hungry neither. That's a death sentence waiting to happen. Come on with so much BS. So much BS. But I fucking, so on Sunday when I got back, I went to work. And mind you, like I got up at 6, left the house at like 7.15. And then we went out after. Remember, I went out with some coworkers. We went to Olive Garden and everything. So I didn't get home till like 11, 11.30. But I walk in the door, and I'm walking back to the bedroom, and I can see, like, the hallway goes straight from the front door, like, you can see into the kitchen. And I get about to the first door on the right-hand side, and I'm looking, my fucking freezer is open. And I'm like, please, God, tell me the cats open that shit halfway through the day, or, like, they just bumped into it. I walk in there, my freezer is, like, warm. Like, I'm 
the the meat is defrosted the chicken is like warm like i touched the chicken it was like straight warm i found and i so i closed it and then i like opened the fridge and i closed it and sure enough if i close my fridge a little too hard it pops the freezer open my freezer was open from 7 15 a.m to like 11 30 midnight ruined everything like i had to throw all of it out we had just put like they do like um like the what is it called like when you get the like the four or five meals in a box, they send mm-hmm. you all the ingredients and everything. Mm-hmm. We had just put a whole box of that shit in the freezer. I had to throw it all away because that fucking freezer was open all day. I was so mad. Lost like four packs of chicken thighs, like a whole box of hot pockets. I was pissed. I came home first of all. My family's not here, so I'm coming home. I'm a little tipsy. I had two drinks while I was out. Not tipsy, but you know, yeah. I'm definitely feeling it in my eyes. Also, I was probably fucking tired as shit. I've been up for damn near 18 hours, just out the house for 18 hours before I even got back. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is not the, what the fuck I wanted to come home to. I didn't want to come home to this empty ass house anyways, let alone to a fucking open freezer. And then I had this was running low. They got, we got no cat food in the house right now. So I definitely, that's why I'm glad we went to the all store. The, all the cats do is they're good. They're starting to get a little bit more curious. They're being around. At first, they just avoided them at all costs. Like, you come in the door. That shit. It didn't, you don't even have to make no noise. Like, there's, like, smell this carrier. Like, I don't know what the fuck that is. I'm going to just go mind my business somewhere else. <laughs> but now they're, like, starting to sniff them a little bit more. And gaze. We haven't had any issues or anything. But the kitten be tearing shit up. I'll tell you that much. She likes food, bro. Like, human food. You gonna do it with a four meat, four cheese hot pocket? <laughs> you are a fucking, you are a, a six month old kitten, bruh. What are you doing? She, she going in? Yeah, she was like, like she had pulled it off my desk and out into the living room. I'm like, that hot pocket is half as big as you. What are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, that's the only thing. She'd be trying to get to the trash and shit, but Simon's just chilling. That motherfucker is. That's my dog. Yeah, that motherfucker. He been getting bold too, because um, her little sister and her boyfriend came over. Friday before they before we went to the birthday party on Saturday, and Simon always runs like, and it takes him like two three hours to come out when somebody's in the house. That mother was just out there smelling. He was like, "What's up, y'all?" I was like, "Who the fuck are you?" And even the kid was in the corner. Usually she runs like she she still runs for me. Like when I get home, she'll avoid me at all costs. I don't know what had happened or maybe I don't know what the case is but like she runs for me still to this day like I try to go pet her she fucking darts out the room and she was over in the corner still like trying to sniff she wasn't being as bold but she was being way bolder than I'm used to I was like the fuck going on over here animals are weird bro y'all see us yeah literally literally bro I'm like where the fuck is this at I love I love my cats but I the reason I've always loved dogs more is cause they just fit with the schedule better. Like, you got to take them out and shit. But, like, if I want to love on my dog, I had never met a dog where I try to pet him and they'd be like, fuck that, don't touch me. Like, but a cat, tell you what, boy, I'd be trying to love on Simon and shit. And he'll sometimes, like, he's been getting better about letting me pet him and stuff and, like, not trying to run away. But I tell you what, that motherfucker don't come looking for attention until it's the fourth quarter of a tie game in 2K with 20 seconds left. That motherfucker hop on my desk, try to get him. I'm like, move, bitch. I'm like, I got to win the game. Like, I'm telling you, that motherfucker do not come in to my office looking for love until it's... The thing about cats, though, is I feel like the self-maintenance is that, like, they can just... You can live in the house for a month, and they, as long as they got food... Yeah, like, shit. yeah. And once you get past the kitten phase, they really don't mess with nothing other than, like, tearing the carpet up and shit, but... Any shit you could really do about that. But 
I just, I just never like cats, bro. I don't know, and there's the fear of them too, of like clawing you up and like all that shit. No, I mean, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it's a, it's a reasonable thing. As much as people try to downplay it, like, like I was laying in bed. Uh, it was last night. I was trying to go to bed. I went to bed hella late because I got home late. So it's like eleven. I gotta be up at four. This motherfucker comes and start rubbing on my face. I'm like, come on, bro, just leave me alone. But leave me alone. There's definitely like bed. there's a fifty fifty chance that, that motherfucker like I try to push him away and he just starts like scratching my fucking face out. Leave me alone. Go to bed. Literally. Where your mama at? Where your mama at, bro? Bro, that's it. It you know it's a switch topic. Like it was this way whenever like Vine was out. Like how people are with like TikTok sounds. Like more could be like Chip Ahoy and nigga would be like that TikTok sound. That's like Chip Ahoy, Chip Ahoy. Like, uh. I don't think so because I feel like Vine was a lot more skits mm-hmm. than it was people using the same audio over and over. Obviously, the dances were still there, but like it was more like comedy skits, which you don't see those replicated a lot as much today or as back then. Whereas today, like motherfuckers go viral just from literally just lip syncing along with somebody else's skit and just doing the acting better. Five hundred thousand followers, just like that. That makes me want to get into that shit. I feel like I can do that shit. Hey, hey! What the fuck is beginning into a TikTok? Totally, I put that, that makes... shit on three speed and just fucking spin around in a circle. Our, gener- our generation is so different, though. Like, let's be like, I just want to be a content creator. It's a you could do it, bro. It's just you gotta you have to hit the upper echelon to make it a career. Like when I say upper echelon, I mean like top two percent probably. Yeah. To make a career out of it, like there are only there's only so many Addison Rays in the world, bro. Not all y'all motherfuckers could be Addison Ray. Like you can carve out a nice little spot with 1.5 million followers. You probably get a small deal here or there, but like in a way, you living off that unless you really diversifying and you're on YouTube and you're streaming. Which that's another thing I will give credit to our generation is they've been able to branch out. Like motherfuckers will do the TikToks and then they'll do the Twitch and they YouTube. Like, they, they edit the Twitch streams down into YouTube videos. They post that shit on TikTok. They're tweeting out about certain video games and shit like that. People are branching out. Like, even the, the, the girls that I follow that are dancing on TikTok are just, like, the regular girls that you see dancing are streaming now. Like, they just fucking play Minecraft. And they're ass at it, but, like... Views, yeah, know? exactly. Motherfuckers are still gonna come watch. Like, you can't... I just think with some of the people I watch, I don't even watch, like, gamers like that. Like, I watch Agent Zero or something like that. Like, I love Agent Zero. They're they're just... AMP just smart to the point where they just react. And you're watching Kai, too. Yeah, yeah like... They react where, like, sometimes they're just, just chatting. Like, motherfuckers just sit there and chat and watch memes with you. But that shit is so, like, so simplistic. L Reader. It's so fun. Yeah. That's <laughs> just... Yeah. Game Lance. That shit is crazy, bro. Like, you can just make money about doing anything. And also, I seen this one thing. I wanted to get your, like, thought process on it. It was, like, a post. It was, like, um... I'm gonna read it. It was a post that it was, like, um... We gotta get into that. What? We could definitely do that. The fucking... Sit back and react to shit. Facts. It was, like, um... What is it? It was, like... Networking is so rare nowadays, but so easy. Like, you can get famous by just talking to the right person. It's true. You just gotta find the right person to talk to. I gotta, we still gotta find the right person to talk to at this point. But, motherfuckers be playing with me. I don't know. I think the trajectory of the show has been doing good. I mean, we have the listeners. There we go. It's a country here, 100 there, it's a couple hundred. Like, it was, it was big back then, but like, 
Yeah, it was popular. Now people are just finding their niche. They're finding their show and getting to it. We're putting out a lot more content across. It's like, it's like you used to have one show that used to do 2,000 viewers, but now you got four shows that are each doing five. KD stays in the Thunder. Do they win? That's definitely a big one. Um, the injury ones are the easiest to gravitate to. Derrick Rose, yeah. Penny Hardaway, T-Mac, Brandon Roy, Greg Oden. Um, you think if Jordan stays with the Bulls instead of splitting them up? Go play baseball for two years? Not playing baseball, but like at the end of his career when they were like... I mean, he is dropping 56 at 39 years old, 38, whatever, 37 in his 19th season. That's not the norm. Like, I feel like people are so... Like we're we're witnessing the two greatest careers in either sport, in my opinion. Like if you think LeBron's the second best of all time, I'm not gonna. And you think MJ's one? I like I said, there's a definitely a debate to be had. I think when LeBron hangs it up, I really don't think there should be a debate to be had. But motherfuckers are always gonna argue. But nonetheless, we were watching even at the low end. We were watching. We were watching. Uh, the, the second greatest basketball player of all time and the greatest quarterback of all time, and they're both playing. Tom Brady is 44. Mm-hmm. If, like, we were having Tom Brady retirement discussions eight years ago. Do you know where we were eight fucking years ago? I definitely was in high school. We were in fucking high school, and we were like, man, Brady might hang it up this year. Here the fuck we are, out of college. I have a son. And this motherfucker's like... Out of four years of college. Coming yeah. back. Niggas is in college. Now we'd be graduated. Exactly. Yeah. Tyler's graduated. Yeah. Four years. Five years. Five years. <laughs> we was having retirement talks in fucking junior year of high school. LeBron is over here 37. is the 19th fucking season in the league. Like, people are... We are extremely spoiled as a sports fan generation. I feel like a lot of people take it for credit. And people also hold it against guys. They're like, man, he hung it up when he was 36. I was like, that's the norm! Tom Brady, Big Ben, and Drew Brees are not the fucking norm. It is not normal to play, to be honest. This man, Tom Brady, was like, oh, I'm stretching it? Yeah. Talk to me in seven years. Motherfucker still led the league in passing yards and touchdowns last year. So... Um, those the injury ones are always the easiest. What ifs? Definitely KD staying in OKC. What if Charlotte doesn't trade Kobe to LA? What if David Stern doesn't veto CP3 go Pau Gasol and Kobe? Does that team have the same amount of success that Pau Gasol and Kobe were able to to have? What if Brooklyn didn't set its franchise back five and a half years by trading? the world and a half for a 34, 35-year-old Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Jason Terry. I know I asked you what is the biggest what if for the Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. Um, Ray Rice, obviously, was the first one that came to my head. Um, What if Brashad Perriman didn't have injury issues? What if... Matt Elam. Yeah, Matt Elam, obviously, is the other one that we missed on big time, but... And that Baltimore you, really hasn't missed. In that draft, if you didn't, if you didn't go for Matt Elam, who did you want? Oh fuck, fine. I want somebody else. Cool with me. To to let you know, so Matt Elam went thirty two. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Cyprin is still playing. He went at thirty three. Darius Slay was picked thirty six. Um, Robert Woods was in the second round. Le'Veon Bell was the second round pick that year. Jimmy Collins. This draft class really wasn't that stacked, if I'm being 100% honest with you. Mm-hmm. 
The 2013 draft class is one of the worst, if not the worst, NFL draft class, at least of my era. Like, listen to this top five. Eric Fisher, Luke Jokel. That's the one where he went to the Dolphins. I mean, no, he went to the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Eric Fisher went one overall to Kansas City. Luke Jokel went to Jacksonville. Deion Jordan out of Oregon went to Miami. Lane Johnson went to Philadelphia. Ezekiel Ansah went five. And then Barkevius Mingo at six. John Tavon Austin, D. Miller, and Chance Warmack. I'm pretty sure... Off the top of my head, I think Lane Johnson is the only... I think Eric Fisher probably made one Pro Bowl. Lane Johnson is the only multi-time Pro Bowler out of that. And Lane Johnson and Eric Fisher are the only ones that are memorable. Like, that are like there's six of those guys that are still playing, but those are the only guys that are, like, significant starters. Um, if I had to look at, like, the first superstar that was taken in this draft class, DeAndre Hopkins went at 27. That'd be the first one, mm-hmm. all the way down to twenty-seven. Other than that, nobody here is really like a superstar level player. Um, and after that, Zach Ertz, and Darius Slay were in the second round. Le'Veon Bell was the best running back in the league for a little bit, and then the first pick of the third round, Travis Kelsey to Kansas City. That was that's probably your best pick. Of the, and then Tyron Matthew went six picks later at pick sixty-nine in the third. So that this draft, Tuan Armstead was the third round pick. The third round of this draft was better than the first round was. So, but I can't sit here and fucking hold you. I wanted Matt Elam. So I can't sit here and try to pin that back on Baltimore and Ozzie Newsom because they took exactly who I wanted. He just didn't work. Um, as far as other what ifs in Baltimore, I mean, just what if Ray Lewis or Ed Reed didn't resign as many what times if, as I did? What if for the Knicks? I don't even want to fucking go there, to be honest. Um, what if they fucking won the lottery and took Zion at one? Or got two and took Ja at two? RJ's nice, but he ain't neither one of the first two players. What do you, uh, what do you, what do you make of, um, not, what do you make of, like, Jeremy Lin? Do you have any what ifs with that? Hell yeah. Why the fuck did we cut him? I don't understand. I don't know basketball world over. And he got hurt for seven games, and the Knicks cut him. What the fuck are we doing? Come on now. Um, I've always felt like, like with that, or even with like Isaiah Thomas, with teams just cut their player. Like I know that there, they, there is, it, it's, it's a gamble, but like you probably just cut maybe one of the best players that you probably had. Jeremy, like, no one, no one. In NBA history, has ever done what Jeremy Lin did in New York. Yeah. Has not been duplicated. Never has. Never will be. Because it was such a crazy situation. We went from this kid was undrafted out of Harvard, became the, one of the first Japanese-American players to ever make the NBA, one of the first Ivy League players to ever make it in the NBA. And not only did he take his team by storm, his city by storm, he took... Not only basketball, but the city of New York, the biggest market in basketball. And Lynn's sanity will never, ever be created because it wasn't supposed to happen. Right. Like, there's been miracle runs. Like, Isaiah Thomas's run in Boston is still one of the greatest stretches I've ever seen. But, I mean, that one was kind of similar if I had to try to pick one. But he, like, picked 60 of the draft. Mr. Irrelevant. One, got one fucking reporter that was wearing mom jeans that talked to him when he got drafted. And that motherfucker bounced from Sacramento, and he landed here and there, went to Boston, 
and lit that fucking city on fire. Isaiah Thomas in Boston was still one of the greatest NBA players I've ever seen in my fucking life. I'm telling you, look at the picture. Go look at Isaiah Thomas on draft night. You'll find one picture of him sitting on a couch and a reporter kneeling down in some baggy-ass jeans. Nah, Menard's jeans. He used to he was he was wearing jeans like he used to wear to Menards all the time. We was like, okay. I haven't worn these shits in four years. I pulled them out because I fucking got to wear jeans for this job. And Isaiah Thomas in, in Boston was crazy. But what if Kyrie never goes off the deep end and leaves LeBron in Cleveland? They're both still probably playing there to this day. And I guarantee they probably at least got one more ring to show for it, too. Um... There's a big fucking what if for you. What if LeBron James doesn't live up to the hype that he was supposed to live up to? Well, he's the biggest bust. Tristan Thompson doesn't get paid $80 million ever. Matthew Dellavedova doesn't net $36 million, I'll tell you that much. Timothy Mozgov doesn't bag 64 when he went out to L.A. after he left Cleveland. That's exactly the picture I'm talking about. Yep. That's the only guy to talk to him on draft night. I'm surprised he got an interview at all. He's picked 60. What do you feel, like? What do you feel about him, bro? Because I feel like... He's been getting to like the G League games and stuff like that. He'll ball out, but like in the NBA, he like does like decent. He's just not getting the minutes. Yeah. Nobody wants to give him a fucking shot anymore. Which to to a certain degree, like there's so many good young players in this league. Like it's the same thing with Boogie. Like are you gonna take a risk on him, or are you just gonna play Bull Bull an extra ten minutes a game? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna fucking develop Bull Bull. That's what I'm gonna do. But Boogie's out there fucking hooping in Denver. Yeah, I see that. He's a animal off the bench behind Jokic, and an enforcer for that team, which I think they need. So hopefully Jokic can stop doing it because mm-hmm. <laughs> they need somebody else to be fighting out there. And I'll tell you what, Boogie fills that role perfectly. <laughs> So, Boogie getting hurt was another thing. I'm still shocked. With that motherfucker was going, like, driving 40, 50 at night. That motherfucker was the best center in the league. Oh, yeah, 100%. And he, go play with AD and like, he tore his meniscus and just it went off the deep end. to be a journeyman, bro. Yep. Crazy. Fucking... Yeah. Insane. I think that story is still shocking me to this day. Yeah, that's definitely one. Because I remember, bro, I, I never get that trade when it happened. And he went to New Orleans. And the world was just like, oh my God. What the fuck is Sacramento doing? Yeah. They're yeah. like, they traded him away. And the biggest piece they got back was Buddy Heald. And their GM was like, he has Steph Curry like potential, first of all. Obviously, didn't live up to the hype. He's in Indiana now. But like, you're giving up the best center in the league for. Buddy healed, and it didn't work for either side because Boogie played for a year, got hurt, and didn't resign there because they didn't want him back. And then Buddy Heal just didn't live up to Steph Curry. Surprise, fucking surprise. Well, we think he could be the second best shooter of all time. You are betting a lot of fucking money on this kid being Stephen Curry, despite him playing nothing like Stephen Curry. So, um, those are definitely the two. But, I mean, I could give you a ton of wrestling ones, too. With guys hopping back and forth from WCW and WWF back in the 90s. Because some of the best moments in wrestling in the 90s happened outside of the WWE. Like, the NWO was a WCW thing. And that is the most legendary faction in wrestling history. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan turns on Randy Savage and forms the NWO. And it was the... Biggest thing in wrestling ever. Still is to this I day. This is, I know this is like not off, off topic, but Brindo just cut his beard. And he did. Did you, did you see it? Yep. Yeah. Is that what he looked like in high school with you guys? 
Kind of. I, I was looking back at some pictures, actually, the other day. Um, I was digging on my mom's Facebook when I found that picture of me as a kid to compare next to Brody. And, uh, yeah, kind of. It looks a little bit different because his hair was longer back then, too. He didn't have the buzz cut the way he does now. But Did he cut his hair, too? He had a buzz cut in that pic. Like, like, like just now, did he cut both? Probably. It looks freshly cut on top. But, speaking of wrestling... Before we move on, RIP to the greatest non-world heavyweight champion of all time in wrestling history, in my opinion. This man, Scott Hall, was a trail fucking blazer. This man, Scott Hall, was a white man, first of all. Was so good at being cool and being charismatic in his job that he debuted as, like, he was supposed to be Hispanic. Like, he was, like, Puerto Rican. And, like, he talked with an accent. He said... Like, Chico was his main word when he was talking to people. And, like, the Hispanic community found out that he was just white and he wasn't even Hispanic. And they're like, that motherfucker is cool as shit. We really don't care. Like, I'll show you two pictures. This is all you need to know about Scott Hall to know that this motherfucker was really just like that. First of all, peep the fit. Look at the chains. You see the vest? Yeah, you see the vest? Look at this one. That motherfucker, Scott Hall, was... That's back in, like, 95. Like... That motherfucker Scott Hall was ahead of his time, bro. I'm telling you, like... Just, just chilling with the camp folk, bro. He was a man of the people, bro. Like, yeah. one of the... And to be honest, I'm surprised he lived as long as he did because he was... It was bad. Like, late 90s. Like, that guy, he's stumbling to the ring like a beer in his hand off God knows how many painkillers here and there and almost passed away in, like, 2014, 2013. Had a really bad health scare. And... um DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, uh, started doing, like, a yoga program, like, at-home DVD type shit, and he got him and Jake the Snake Roberts to kind of buy into the system and got them clean off all the painkillers and everything that they were doing and just kind of used yoga as, like, a focal point. It was on Sunday. Blood clot caused three heart attacks, and um, that was Saturday night. Sunday around noon, they said they were going to take him off life support on Monday once his family and everybody got a chance to fly in, say their final goodbye, place for that to happen. Took him off life support, and he was still alive for like six hours afterwards. So, he was, uh, he's still one of my favorite Hall of Fame speeches of all time. Um, I'm trying to remember the whole thing. I always remember the last two lines, but uh, I'm just going to fucking play it, to be honest, because I've... I fucking love that speech so much. A little 17 seconds clip. I don't, I don't even think I remember. It was, was he like back like rock, like Stone Cold? Before rock? that. Oh, really? Yeah. Probably. He was part of the NWO back in the day. Um, let me see if I can. Hard work pays off. Here, let me restart it for you. Hard work pays off. It's that voice. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. You're a crowd. Like, that, he was, so that was, he was known for, he was the bad guy, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, like, Mm -hmm. the NWO was a badass faction, because they were, they were the bad guys, but they were so good at being bad that everybody fucking loved them. You ever been so good, like, when your job is to be an asshole, and for, to get people to hate you, and you're so good at that, that people like you? Oh, yeah, it's the trailblazer, bro. Like he's made being a heel fun. That's why the bad he he made being a bad guy cool. 
and that's why. So like, and he would, and I just saw this. I've never seen this before today. I saw a TikTok, and like he would used to go to all the WCW shows, and not all of them, but obviously, anytime he would come out to the ring, and he'd be like, "Let's do a quick survey." And so he would ask the United States, he's like, did y'all come here to see WCW? And everyone was like, boo. And then he'd be like, or did y'all come here to see? And then he wouldn't say it. He'd just point the mic out to the crowd. And an entire stadium full of people, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people, scream NWO and scream at the top of their fucking lungs. And he goes, survey says, another one for the good guys. And just... Anytime you can command an arena of people like that, especially when you're, like I said, he's supposed to be the bad guy. Like, he's out here, like, spitting food in people's faces, flicking toothpicks at the crowd, and these motherfuckers just eating it up. Just love that shit. Like, and people like an asshole sometimes, if you're good at it, man. And he was, he was way ahead of his fucking time, bro. He would have been so good in today's, and it's crazy he never won a world title either. And he never politicked his way into it. There's a lot of guys that, like, are real assholes behind the scenes. <clears throat> like, Hulk Hogan was an asshole behind the scenes. Like, where, like, he would go into an agreement to fight this dude three times. Where, like, he would lose the first one and then win the second one and, like, finally lose. Or, like, he'd win the first one and then lose and lose. Where, like, he would agree to that. And then the day of the first match, he would be like, yeah, I'm going to win today, but we're not wrestling again after this. And just be like... So that person would just go out, lose... Like so, I was, there was this girl. She like she played not to cut you off, but there's this girl. She went to uh, Florida and she was a hooper, mm. and she's in Hawaii now. But she tried out for the WWE. Oh really? She did try out there, yeah. And she um, she she was just talking about it. She was like, I just wanted to see how it was. This, this and that. And she was like, one, she said, I know some of it is like fake for like WWE, but she was like, but everything else, like the fighting and shit. That shit is real. Yeah, some shit's scripted. You're not getting punched in the face every time, but you, I tell you, you, everybody, now listen, not everybody, wrestling's not for everybody, not everybody likes wrestling, everybody fucking knows who Jeff Hardy is, Mm -hmm. and you tell me you don't know, you're a liar. You can't fake jumping off a 20-foot ladder through two tables in somebody else's fucking body as eclipsed wrestling. Like, and the thing that the WWE does, and why I hate it, is because they try to pander to non-wrestling fans. Like, why I love AEW so much is because it's wrestling for wrestling fans. Like, they're like, wrestling fans want this. Here's this. Like, they pulled CM Punk out of retirement after seven years, who was the hottest wrestler in the world when he gave it up in 2013 and left the WWE. Jeff Hardy is one of, and like Brock Lesnar has been able to pull UFC fans in. Ronda Rousey did the same thing. That's why you'll see, like... The Rock has been so influential because he was there, went to Hollywood, got a bunch of fans, and then brought him back. Is he back? Uh, part time here and there, not not anywhere near full time. His movie schedule is way too the, fucking crazy. I see Stone Cold is going to be at WrestleMania. What is he doing? Uh, he's, they're not even going to have a match, but he, him, and Kevin Owens, I think, are just going to do like a little promo, and he's probably going to give Kevin Owens a Stone Cold Stunner, drink a couple beers, and the fans are going to go home happy. Mm-hmm. But that's they're pulling at straws because. Motherfuckers don't know how to fucking build their talent anymore. Like they're like, well, let's just pull that fifty-year-old out of retirement this week. And like, how do you? How do you like? How's the? How do they? What's the pay like for these wrestlers? Do you know? It's a crazy fucking bag to pull Stone Cold Steve Austin out of retirement. First of all, at 55, 60 years old, because he was never the most technically sound guy in the ring. For, even for the guys, 
there. Like it depends on because Brock Lesnar gets paid a lot differently than everybody else. Brock Lesnar makes like five ten million dollars so a like, year. So like you like John Cena's payday would be different than like Kofi Kingston. Hundred percent. Yeah, Kofi Kingston makes probably a cool one two mil a year, three mil maybe mm-hmm. at most. Where like Brock Lesnar's pulling like ten. Nobody else gets close to that. Brock is at 10, and then John Cena is at, like, 5, 5.5. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a huge gap between Brock Lesnar and the rest of the field. That's why a lot of people fucking hate Brock Lesnar. John didn't get paid that much? Not not as much as Brock ever did, no. Really? I feel like he should have, because he was, like, him and Undertaker were, like, the face of... John Cena ushered in an entire... Like, the WWE does not stand the way it does today without John Cena. And everybody fucking I feel like that, that between... I do feel like the same way between Undertaker and Kane, too. Yeah, Undertaker was Undertaker was never the best wrestler at the time. The issue was he was top five for forty fucking years. That man debuted at like eighty eight, like in the nineties, and that motherfucker was still putting on quality matches up until about five years ago. Was still, motherfucker was still in the fucking rising up from a fucking. Yep, game. still doing that fucking sit up and everything. <laughs> yeah, but. They'll pull, like, it's it's weird now because you're, you're paying guys for, like, one or two-time events now to pull, like, the Undertaker out of retirement now, which I hate it so much because, like, he had such a good send-off and they brought him back. And then oh, they, he's back? No, well, they keep bringing him back for, like, one match here and there. Like, they, they're they doing a lot of pay-per-views out in Saudi Arabia now, which are controversial, first of all, because Saudi Arabia's view on women and everything, the women weren't even allowed to go out there. Like, there was no women's matches the first time they went out there. But guess what? Saudi Arabians apparently fucking love wrestling. But, again, like, the women's and covering, like, the first time they did a match out there between two women, first of all, a lot of people fucking hated it because it's completely against every religious view that they have, mm-hmm. which is, in my opinion, behind the times, which most people can agree with. But, and then also, on top of that, like, they're going out in, like, full tights, long sleeve t-shirts with just like a Raw and SmackDown t-shirt on, and, like, the only skin that you can see is, like, like I'm talking, like, turtleneck t-shirt underneath. You see chin up. That's it. There's not a single ounce of skin on the wrist, ankle, nothing. Because that's just how it is out there. But Saudi Arabia is one of the most wealthy countries in the world. They fucking pay out. And they brought DX, Shawn Michael. Shawn Michaels came out of retirement for it, who is... He had one of the best retirement send-offs, probably the second best behind Ric Flair, and pulled him and Triple H out for a tag match against Undertaker and Kane. That is four 55-year-old men, 10 to 15 years out of their prime. They're just It was one of the worst matches in WWE history. They're just stumbling around. There's nobody to carry it. Like, you can get away with pulling a 55-year-old out and putting him in the ring if you've got a guy that's talented enough to kind of work with him, get him to the right spots, and make him look good. When you got four 55, 60 year olds out there, there's they, nobody to carry they, it. Do they like rehearse these things before they go? Sometimes. You'd be surprised. Because a lot of people, first of all, you're, you'd be shocked if a guy was able to go out there and wrestle for 25 minutes knowing that every single thing was planned out beforehand. A lot of it is on the fucking spot. Like, yes. Like, I'm talking like. And if you watch closely enough, you know what to look for. You can see him tell them like what they're kind of doing because they'll have the hard cam at the ring and you'll see a guy as he's about to pull him across the ropes. He'll get real close to his face, but you can't see his mouth. He's telling him what to do yeah, as he pulls that. him across. Yeah. So there's some of it. Cause like some people would like, even I remember it was a black guy or a white guy. I remember they used to have the dudes that used to wear like the, like these have the jeans, like we used to have like the jean right here. Crime time. Yeah, crime time. And our Shad and JTG. Out, and like they pulled the the thing from their 
the thing and cut themselves. Yeah, yeah, the blades and everything. So like, I used to think the blood was fake. No, they just take razor blades down there and do that shit. They never get cut open by a steel chair, but WWE's went away from that. First of all, because it is extremely dangerous. Like, you look at like John Cena versus JBL at Judgment Day in 05, Eddie Guerrero and like 03. If you are in the moment and you cut yourself too deep, like it's bad. Like I'll pull up the picture. Like if anybody wants it at home, wants to know what we're talking about, and I promise we'll hop off the wrestling tangent here in a minute because I know a lot of people may not be enjoying themselves right now. <laughs> but just look up John Cena Judgment Day. Honestly, you probably just look up John Cena Judgment Day and go to Google Images and look at look at John Cena. Okay, just kidding. Don't do that. Um, maybe look up John Cena Judgment Day Blood. Something like that. Like, and they've done a decent job to try to like bombard some of the pictures down, so that's not the first thing you see. But like John Cena cut himself a little too. Look at this. Cut himself a little too deep in this match. And this was like a 25, 30 minute match, and he's wrestling like this. Like it's a, it's bad. Um, here's Eddie Guerrero. This is the one I was talking about beforehand. Where he got cracked in the face with a steel chair and he came up looking like this. And like, it's dangerous because the show's got to go on. Sometimes they can speed it up. Usually the finish is the thing that's planned. They're like, we want the match to end. John Cena doing his finisher. They'll kick out, pick him up, do another finisher, pin him, matches over. That's usually kind of the only. And. Yeah, and major spots will be planned. Like, Jeff Hardy jumping off a ladder. They're like, we want Jeff to jump off a 20-foot ladder into three tables and two other human beings. That's planned. It's never really talked about when it's going to happen, but they know that that spot has to be done before. It's kind of like when you're playing a video game, you got to do certain quests before you finish. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, you got to do these three things, and then you can finish the match. Like, And it's different when guys get hurt in the middle of it. But, like, the test, some of those guys are just fucking Iron Men. Like, John Cena tore his pec. It's supposed to be like a 9 to 12 month injury. That motherfucker returned to the Royal Rumble in 6 months. And it was the greatest Royal Rumble return ever. And I guarantee you, Jake will agree with you and any wrestling fan out there could tell you. Motherfuckers will tear their quads in the middle of a mat. Like, Triple H tore his quad, wrestled for another 15 minutes. On a torn fucking quad. It just... Yes, guys, those guys are insanely tough it takes ridiculous so as much as it's like scripted here and there like injuries happen shit happens you get thrown into the ropes the wrong way you get thrown in the corner the wrong way but the thing about stone cold is he took a pile driver back in the 90s and it wasn't it was just you know like i said shit happens Guy didn't protect him well enough and, like, went for the pile driver. And Stone Cold's head was the first thing to hit the mat. Big E broke his neck two weeks ago. Somebody tried to do a belly-to-belly suplex on the outside and didn't rotate his hips enough. Dropped Big E right on his head. Broke his neck. And uh, Bret Hart came off the ropes. And I loved watching Prime Goldberg because he's one of the, like... Talk about a guy that was able to capture a fucking crowd. He went on like a 182 and 0 win streak in WCW. Like fucking, Damn. like I'm t- ridiculous. Mm. But he was uh, Bret Hart came off the ropes and he threw a super kick and Bret wasn't ready or he was a little bit too close. Kick Bret in the head, massive concussion, cut Bret's career down by like 10, 15 years. Mm. So like guys, the careers get shortened. Like. Stone Cold was shortened because he was partially paralyzed in the ring. He was able to obviously get all of his movement back, but like 
10, 15 minutes, Stone Cold was paralyzed from the waist down from that pile driver. Like, there's some scary shit that can happen. Like, Matt Hardy got a major concussion in AEW about a year or so ago, and it was heavily criticized because they came off a scissors, they climbed up on a scissors lift, and he got speared off of it. They were supposed to go through two tables. Well, it originally looked like he was supposed to get power bombed off, and then they ended up going with a spear, and the spear sent him too far, and they missed the, he missed the table, and his head just concrete floor. From like 10, 15 feet up. And you could see like he was out on his feet. Like dazed, confused, major concussion. And everyone thought the match was kind of going to end there. And they kind of carted him off. And it was one of those ones they carted him off. And then he came back. People were pissed. Because it's not safe at all. Because they climbed up on scaffolding afterwards. And he threw the other guy off through a bunch of tables. But like Matt Hardy is then heavily concussed another 10 to 15 feet up in the air. It's dangerous man like mick foley mick foley has some of the worst war stories of all time getting thrown off getting thrown off a hell in a cell it's another one he got carted off and then he came back they did a choke slam on top and he went through the cell and then you could see it when he hit the ring and the ring caves in and a lot of people don't know like the ring is literally just wooden fucking planks yeah it's a hardwood floor and they throw like two three inches of padding over the top of it with some trampoline bounce in it that's it so, like, when you get, you know, like, punched and you hit the mat, like, it kind of hurts. But, like, when you're jumping off the top rope and somebody moves out the way, you're hitting, like, you're hitting carpeted wood floors, basically. I went to my first expedition for wrestling, like, I would say when I was younger. And they just had one in Columbus again. I've seen that. Yeah. But um, before we get off the subject of wrestling... You went to one, not to one. Mm. How'd you enjoy it? It was good. So it was a it was a show in Wichita at Century Two. Um, I only knew one of the wrestlers that was wrestling there that night, which is actually his cousin's Roman Reigns. Mm. Um, look into that fucking family bloodline. That bloodline is crazy. The Wild Samoans, Yokozuna, Umaga, The Rock, Roman Umaga? Reigns. Umaga and Roman Reigns are related. The Usos. Samojo. No. Oh. It's probably this, probably the, one of the f- few Pacific Islanders that isn't related to everybody else. The Usos and then uh, Jacob Fatu, I believe, and Rikishi. That's all. That's a f- Rikishi Umaga, Roman Reigns, The Rock, Rikishi, nigger, Usos, the Wild Samoans. Uh, and then you bring in the Rocks. The Rocks. The, that's the crazy thing about The Rock is that his dad was a wrestler, and then they married into another wrestling family, so he connects in. Where his dad and his grandfather were both wrestlers, and then they married into the the Anoe family, which that's where Roman Reigns' bloodline comes from. The Usos and Roman Reigns are cousins. Rocky is Samoan, mm-hmm. black. Yep, Samoan black. You should know that by now after hearing his song so many yeah, times. Black and Samoan in my veins. I look at him, but it's like I feel like he's gotten so big that he's not even just a wrestler. He's not. We're known for him as an actor. Now. He's a yeah. He's a movie star more than yeah. anything at this point. Like, which is crazy because he's still one of the greatest mic talkers of all time. He felt like he was one of the best wrestlers of all time, or not? In the ring. Yeah. Well, see, and that's another thing where wrestling gets kind of diluted is because there's there's two. Like Mount Rushmore's you can make. You always have to make two because there's two sides of the business. Guys that can talk on the microphone, they get the crowd into it, and draw money. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin is one of the great, and The Rock are two of the greatest draws. John Cena's greatest draws of all time where like, motherfucker, John Cena's wrestling. John Cena's going to have a promo before the match. I'm fucking going to watch him talk on the microphone. And then there's guys that are wrestlers that are in the ring between the ropes 
can make anybody look good. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, guys like that. And that's where you see the eclipse where Shawn Michaels is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. That's why you like that one dude so much. The one that looks like The Miz. MJF? Yeah. Yeah, MJF is... 24 years old, first of all, he's literally our age. He's probably six months, eight months older than I am. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's one thing for me to say it. Dave Meltzer is a guy that's been rating matches and has become like kind of like the most trusted name in wrestling when it comes to rating matches. He's been rating matches since the 90s. He watches New Japan Pro Wrestling, all their stuff. And he tweeted after, he's like, that is one of the best promos I've ever seen in my life. And it was a 24-year-old kid that did it. And like... When I, again, when I talk about a guy that can go out there and talk for 10 minutes and flip your opinion on him. Like, I, people hate his fucking guts. I love him because it's, like I said, when you've become a fan for so long, it becomes an art of the game to be able to sit back. Yeah. And it's the same thing with KD when you were a basketball fan long enough to where you could sit back and watch him answer questions to the media and you're like, this fucker, this motherfucker right here. I like, think that's my biggest thing. I, like, not to switch, but... I don't know, because people always, like, even you said something, like, for you, like, the two best in a game right now, and I'm like, I don't know what it is about KD, maybe it's because so many people hate him that made it draw me to like him. There's a, yeah, there's yeah. A, that, that happens, like, so, but MJF is one of those guys that just, and, but the thing is, he's a fucking dog between the ropes, I'll tell you that him versus Jungle Boy is one of the greatest, and there's, that's, there's your parallel, and nobody fucking knows who Jungle Boy Jack Perry is, but he's another 23, 24 year old kid in AEW, 25 probably, that is a technician between the ropes, and he doesn't have a lot of mic skills, but people fucking love him, he's a likable guy, and MJF is the guy that's known for the microphone skills and being able to draw, but that is one of my favorite matches I've ever watched in my life, because it's such a technical showcase, and that's why guys like, Eddie Guerrero and Shawn Michaels are so good because they were good at both. Bret Bret Hart was good at both. So each each side has its Mount Rushmore. You look at like Shawn Michaels, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is another guy who's really good at both. And then you have the draw side is John Cena, Stone Cold, The Rock, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was never fucking good in the ring. Hulk Hogan got a job because Vince McMahon liked bodybuilders, and that's what that's what the early WWF was in the eighties and nineties. It was like, oh, you're six five, two hundred eighty pounds, ten percent, five percent body fat. Come on, brother, world champ, mm-hmm. world champ in six months. But then you have guys like Bret Hart. Vince McMahon doesn't own it now. Who, who he does? He nope, does. he's still the owner, CEO, chairman of the board, and that's why the product is where it is now because he has a certain vision for it. But that's why AEW is so successful because I stopped watch wrestling in like 2015 at best, 2014. And it took me a while to get around. Jake was on it right as it started, basically. But if you were a huge wrestling fan back in the day, like if you're like I've used to, I like not like I watched it here and there, like like I loved watching Raw and SmackDown growing up. If you liked it, not even if you want to give wrestling a chance, but like if you're bored one day, man, kick on AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage. I'm telling you, man. You watch a couple episodes, you're gonna be hooked. I love wrestling it, but like Reddick is a billionaire now. Who? Vince. Vince? Yeah, probably. I don't know how. After all the failed Vince experiments, he's after the XFL reboot failed twice, and all the shit he's done outside of it. I'm surprised he is. Like CM Punk, CM Punk has still some of the greatest promos I've ever seen in my entire life. Like this man, CM Punk. 
went into a WWE ring and said, I'd like to think that this company would be better when Vince McMahon's dead. You know how crazy that is? Whether whether it was scripted or not, whether he was told to say that or whether he pitched it and they were okay with it, to go on to it, the owner of the company, the guy that literally, like, wrestling is not the same without Vince McMahon. That's one thing you have to say. Like, back in the day, it was all territories. There was, like, 14, 15 wrestling companies. It was all, it was, like, Southwest Wrestling, Mudflap Wrestling. It was in Mississippi or, you know, whatever it was. Each was territories. And his dad, Vince McMahon Sr., Vincent Kennedy McMahon Sr., promised all these territories that, like, everybody was, it was going to be a territorial thing. He died. Vince McMahon took over and started fucking buying shit out. And that's how the WWE was created, because he bought up everything, put every small company out of business, and owned them all. And that's why wrestling was such uh, it was it was a monopoly as far as the U.S. was concerned. There was no wrestling outside of the WWE for the longest time, and that's why AEW wasn't supposed to meant to last. Because you're talking about an expansion team like the fucking Jags, the first year they're created, going up against like the peak of Brady's fucking. The peak of Brady's dynasty in New England, and somehow these motherfuckers are going to bat and beating them in the ratings war each week in and week out. I fucking love wrestling. I don't know if you could tell from the fucking tangent we yeah, went you off just, on. You just went on a tangent. So, y'all need any any wrestling? Y'all know who to go to. Good lord! If you yeah, if you want to hear me talk about wrestling more, man, just hit me up. I'll have a conversation with you. Like, I'll answer any question you have. Anything. But as far as the people that don't like wrestling, we're going to get back to the regular scheduled programming. So thank you for sitting through that. If you're still here, I applaud you twice as much because it's the same thing as like my mom trying to listen to the sports stuff when I talk about it. If you can sit here and listen to me talk about something that I'm passionate about, even when you have no fucking idea what I'm talking about, that's real love. So I appreciate y'all for making it through that part. What you got next for us? Top three albums of the year so far for you. Well, there's obvious one. Yeah, well, I knew you were going to say that one. Yeah. Or, do you agree with me now? I do. Now that you've listened to it? Mm-hmm. Don FM, one. Mm-hmm. Not a debate to be had. I'm sorry. I don't like throwing that around a lot, because I think there's always a debate to be had. No debate to be had. Don FM, one. Boom. Done. Over with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't fucking have any idea what two and three are, though, to be 100% honest with you. What do you feel like two and three are? Have you been listening to anything else? Like, <laughs> That's a question. We pulled the fucking stats. I've been listening to fucking Megatron and and Don FM. I've been kicking it back to some older albums though. That's the thing. I haven't listened to a lot of the new stuff that's came out this year. I think I'm gonna give Westside Gun another shot. Westside? No, you need to listen to that new Conway. Conway. Mm. You need to listen to that. What's two and three albums for you? What's two and three behind Don FM? It's kind of crazy to like sit here and put up a a top three. Of just like albums, I feel like not a lot of shit. With just fucking running niggas out of here. Yeah, bro. not a lot of shits dropped this year, though. To be honest, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong about that, but I feel like not a lot of major players have still dropped their albums yet. We're still waiting on Kendrick. I hope Cole drops this year. Um, waiting on Twenty One should have a new project out this year. Utopia should be out this year. There's a lot of good music left to come out. That's probably the biggest drop. Oh, Alright, so let's see, buddy. Gunna Drop. What album was it? DS4. Ah. Did you ever listen to Gunna's album? Nope. Well, I did, but I didn't. it didn't catch me. You listen to, you like, what about Yeet? Yeet's didn't catch me. I'm really? 100%. Like, I get four tracks in, I'm like... What is it? It's never sent me. It, what is it about him? 
It's nothing. It's not that it's bad music at all. It's just that you know how I am. Like you got to fucking catch my attention, or I'm not gonna make it through the whole album. And and not only did it not catch my attention, I do not like the second track on that fucking album. It turns me out. Like I skip it. Like I feel like the I second need, track. I think so. I think it's the second track. I just don't like the fucking opening. Like I hear it, and I'm like, nah, fuck this album. Let me let me pull it up here. Let me play it. I don't remember what it's called. Tool of outs. Is it outside? Yeah. I don't know what it is about the first 30 seconds, but I fucking hate that shit. I tell you, I do love popping, though. I love the first song. It catches me, but I... I don't know what it is. I hate this. I need to. I don't know. It just it did it didn't catch my attention at all. Uh, and it's crazy because amidst all the the crazy hype that was going on that album and that he probably he still has, you didn't catch it like besides like some of the TikToks. Like, I haven't even listened to the full thing, mm-hmm. and I couldn't even recognize what the TikToks are because, like I said, I haven't listened to the full fucking album yet. What's your song of the year, off an album or single that was dropped? Not including Don FM. Because right. we all know what the fucking answer is outside of that. Um, well, actually, before you get to that, what's your favorites? If putting Don FM in the category, what's the favorite? Don song? FM is definitely my number one. Just uh, we're gonna get into like this show won't be a long show just because we'll do a full I, breakdown of that soon. Yeah, what I wanted to do with Samari Owen is a full breakdown of that album, so we'll probably get into that next week. But, we have to have Sam here for that. Yeah, we have to have Sam here for that. Uh, my favorites, honestly. I've been fucking with this song heavy, bruh. I know it's a TikTok song, but... It's called Love Nobody or something like that, but it's by CK. I fucking love that song, bro. He has a couple songs I've been fucking with, but my favorite song... I don't know. I definitely would say this. Big Grim Reaper is probably in my top three. The Deluxe. Oh, okay. My Big Scar. I was like... That shit is good. I have a list My favorite Deluxe, song though. this year would probably be I Wish by Kodak Black. It's... Because mm. I just hear him... I don't know if I've listened to one. It just came out of time, man. It's... I, Kodak came from, like, a different perspective on this. I got mine. Um, can you guess what mine is? I've been listening to a lot of R&B. Baby Tron? Nope. It's a single. Single? You'll punch yourself in the head when you when I play it. Push and pee? Mm-hmm. What is it? Damn. Johnny P's caddy. Oh my god, thank you. Benny and J. Cole. Actually, nah. That Earth Gang album was good. I haven't listened to it. I've heard it. I've that heard... That Earth Gang album is so good, bro. Like I said, that I've been... with J. Cole in there? Oh, my goodness. If I had to pick, like, my song that I've listened to the most, it's a Freddie Gibbs song from 2018. Freddie Gibbs samples are so fucking crazy. Oh, my God. I love Joey Badass. He's still my favorite rapper of our generation, but, man... 
He made, Freddie Gibbs makes it so hard for me not to just go like him. Colors is probably my favorite song that I've discovered this year. I think he's good at rapping. Colors and Thuggin' off Pinata from last year. The samples is like listen to the first ten seconds of each of these songs. Yeah, Opinata from last year. I'll tell you this. If you put a, a sample of like a news headline talking about something, my favorite song right there. Boom, done. What about the, what about the Tron album? How do you feel about it? I like it. Um, I like it more than I like Yeats for sure, but his stuff's just got to grow on you a little bit still. Crocs and Walkers. I've been I've been fiending for some post Malone lately. I've been listening to Beer Bongs and Bentleys all week. When I say I've been going back and listening to old albums, Beer Bongs and Bentleys, um I've been just kicking on Uzi. Like I'll just go to my like just the Uzi all the Uzi that I have saved and just shuffling it. I we were talking about this earlier. You were talking about like he had such a great career up to the point, but like I feel like people like and I was definitely one of those people that tried to downplay it, but I feel like people try to downplay that man, um That man twenty one savage, bro. I'm so excited for bro, his new album, bro. I was just listening to this the other day. You you probably remember this song. I was listening to this. This verse is crazy. Bro. Gucci Yama. Gucci Yama. Gucci Yama. Who was in the car? Some Mars players. I know it. And like, I was listening to it. And I was like. What song is that again? Gucci Yama. Which album is that? The Mike Will. Okay, yeah. That I remember now. Bro, listen to this. Listen to this. Gucci Yama. Gucci Yama. Gucci Yama. Gucci Yama. Gucci Yama. Gucci Yama. Savage cut, throw. I like you know, nigga. My nigga front of west, nigga. Magic City on the beach. 21, I fell in, but he still right with the shit. Yeah, yeah, on TV, that nigga still be in the six. Fuck this rap shit, that nigga still be hitting licks. VBS is dripping, yeah, yeah. Dripping, yeah, yeah. Serve a nigga with no scalp, scalp, with no scalp, scalp. Show you how to rap a bell, bell. Rap a bell, bell. See, bell. Fuck, 12. Crazy. Ridiculous. This is crazy. Yes, bro. Yeah, he's had such a crazy fucking run, too. Like, I am, I was. Obviously, both Savage Modes, 1 and 2, and then Without Warning. I still love Without Warning to this day. That's still one of my favorite projects ever. Ever, huh? It's up there. Because that was... That was... There's two albums that come to mind, actually three, which you'll laugh at the third one, that I think of that you showed me when we first started hanging out, and Jamin, too. I have to the, give... The Maiden Toyo? That's the third one, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I have to give Jamin partial credit for the, the 21 and the Metric, without warning, because I, I was just in a room with him all the time when I was listening to it. Without warning, Cozy Tapes Volume 2, and then... That made into your oh album. My God, I was, I've been like, I mean, I've been listening to a lot of R and B just because like I'm 
like obsessed with like Mariah the Scientist. And also Smokey Margiela, obviously. He came back. He has a song. Back. I need an album. That's my day, bro. Like, <laughs> bro. I don't know if you be going on Twitter, but like I'll be up at like two, three in the morning, and like she'll tweet, and I'll be like, "Day, go to bed." Like, it's no why are you awake? Like, you awake right now? <laughs> but yeah, Smokey has a song. He just dropped one. Uh, is it this one. This one, I think. Yeah, going back and listen to his four singles that I have. Okay, this. Uh, I really thought he was going to take off after Flight to Memphis. It just didn't go nowhere. He, he couldn't release music. The album, the, the people were coming back. He was in a bad deal. He is. Still got the voice. Like, he... He's he's on that, that, that pop smoke wave, but I saw I seen somebody was like... Somebody was like, bro, like, them niggas in New York just share one beat. It works, don't it? That would be keeping them up. But Uzi's run from 2015 to 2017 is still one of the craziest I ever. Do think that, I think, bro, I, maybe it's just me. I think that, I think that 21 had a better run, bro. I really do think 21 had a better run. Which give me, give me the albums. What albums are you running together that you feel like? Well, I don't think the thing is the thing that it's it's very hard for me to disagree with you because 21's run's not over. Like there's he hasn't stumbled since I am I was in 2018. Ah, oh, that's true. He has not dropped a Actually, fucking nah, beat. This was a flaw, bro. This came out the same year as. It was all commercial. That's why. This came out the same year that what's it called? Savage Mode. No, Uzi dropped. Uh, that was 2017. See what see what year it came out, and then see what year. Love's Rage Two came out in 2017. Yeah, that's Uzi's best album. Yeah. Well, like, look. So you have Love Is Rage. Then uh, Lil Uzi Vert versus the World, the Perfect Love Tape, and then Love Is Rage Two. That's a crazy fucking four run stretch, four album stretch. We look at twenty. Issa came out in twenty seventeen. Uh, beforehand, he had a crazy. So twenty sixteen was Savage Mode, and then twenty seventeen was Issa, and um, Without Warning. 2018 was I Am I Was. He didn't drop an album in 2019. And then 2020. Was it 2020? The... Damn. 2020 was... Sad. Damn! Savage Mode 2 was two years ago. Fuck. That's crazy. That was 2020. I must have been at the end of 2020. There's no way. What? Savage Mode 2? Savage Mode 2? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Savage Mode 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing that I fucking I hate came out like October, November. The fucking thing that I fucking hate about Uzi or not Uzi, twenty one, is when I try to go fucking just like put on twenty one on Apple Music, his shit is split up into three different categories artist wise. Because yeah. it's his stuff and then him and Metro and then him Metro and Offset is a completely different category. Cause they, cause they have to get the royalties for it. Yeah. Which I, I agree, that's how it should be, but it just sucks trying to go listen to it all at once. How do you feel about Yachty's progression? I mean, from a person looking at I haven't listened to Yachty as much as I should have. I'll tell you this, that... I listened to One Night way back in the day. Like, before it blew up. And that was because of Kenyon back in high school. Because he played it. I think it was on a Vine. Mm-hmm. I want to say. The dude that he had at the high, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 
I don't know. I don't think I've listened to Yachty enough to give you an opinion, to be 100% real. I'm not informed enough to feel like I could tell you. W website, right there. But... Uh, <laughs> That's really a thing, too. That shit's crazy. Nuts.com, boy. New BDL sponsor. Coming soon. Speaking into existence. Speaking into existence. <laughs> I'm going to try to reach out to him. Do it to him. <sighs> yeah, I don't know, bro. But... It's like, I want to say that Uzi's run was better than 21's. But like I said, 21's isn't over. 21 just... He reloaded. He kind of like a little baby. He had a little fall off album and he got better. And as much as Issa was like a... hard for people to do that. As much as Issa was a fall off album, at the same time, it probably had some of the more commercial success he's ever had. No, I'll talk to you about this. I talked to Owen. I talked to Nick about this last night, bro. Because he gets gets mad when I say it, but he knows it's true. Yeah, commercial success comes with the sales and stuff like that, but Uzi's album, just because it sold so much and broke records when it did sell for Eternal Take... Doesn't mean it was a good album. No, it wasn't. It fucking this the hype in the mainstream behind it, like the way did it have a dropped it. Did it have a single that popped on the radio though? When I think of commercial success, I think of how many songs. No, it didn't. It didn't know. It just didn't pop. Yeah. So like, when I think of commercial success, I don't even think about sales. I think about like when I used to work at the water park uh, in Derby. Like we we were allowed to have a radio. I finally talked my boss into let me do it. Um... So, where I could kick on a radio and I kick on either 93.5 or 96.3, and I listen to it from noon to 8 p.m., 9 p.m. at night, 8 p.m., um, and for eight hours, I'm like, which, did you have a song that I listened to three times in that eight-hour stretch? Because they be running that shit, but I tell you, the reason why, uh, not a big reason, but like, a reason why Views is so high to me is because there was a two to three months, there was that whole summer in 16 where... There was a song from Views that I listened to two or three times on the radio. Controller was up there for a while. Still Here was up there for a while. Uh, one Dance was up there for a while. Like, we're like, and that's the one thing I do hate about radio stations is like Views will come out the first month after they're like Controller's on the radio. You hear it three times a day if you listen for eight hours. And then the next month they're like new music and then they'll play One Dance. I'm like, that shit came out two months ago the same time fucking controller came out and then the next month they'll play like hotline bling they came out fucking two years before like new music i'm like it's new to radio does not mean it's new at all to anybody else i was thinking about this day. i was i've i've been my sleep was off just because i work late so yeah i was like your sleep says it's definitely fucked bun no like you thought yours was mine's when you're going to work in the morning i'm going to bed i talked to matt this morning he was literally crawling in bed to go to sleep as I was getting out of bed to hop in the shower to go to work. <laughs> Which, of course, he's two hours behind. He's yeah. on Cali time. So it's not like 2.30 out there. But, like, it was 4.30 or I'm getting up. I got a message from him for, like, 30 minutes ago where I answered him and then he answered me. I was like, are you getting into bed? He's like, yeah, I'm just now finally, like, winding down kind of getting into bed. I was like, I'm fucking getting up to go to work right now. <laughs> and you're like, that's fucking crazy how that shit works. But... Well, I was like, I like how I my sleep schedule is so fucked, bruh. Like, I I can almost count every night when y'all get off the bed at the phone. Unless I'm like super tired, I'm not going to bed till like 3 30, 4. Mine's the same way. Or it used to be the same way. Obviously, it's not anymore. I work, I just work too much in the mornings for it to be anything other than. And it sucked because on my day offs, I can't sleep past 9. Even if I stay up till 2 3 to play and break it. 
So that just means I'm just tired of shit on my day off because my body will not let me sleep past nine. Because the latest that I sleep in during the week for my work schedule is 6.30. I do not crawl out of bed any later than 7, ever, throughout the week. So my, Nick, I did this thing last week. He was like, uh, I'm going to test your music knowledge. I'm, I'm going to test you and your music knowledge. I was like, test me in my fucking music knowledge. You know the fuck I was. Like, that's testing me on sports. Come on now. That's even more disrespectful than he that. He was like, he was just like playing you, but he was like, well, name a Grammy. Like, a, there's a Latin rap, rap first, then Latin album that's went platinum. That's, it's went, it was like, like some three times platinum or something like that in the last couple of years. But it's only Latin and rap. And I thought to myself, and I was like, damn, Latin and rap is the only one platinum. It's the only Latin rap. And I was thinking about it, and I almost was stumbled for a minute. And I was like, is it recently? He was like, yes. And I was like, he was like, You're, you got to help me out. I'm on a timer. I was like, damn, only person I can really think of is Cardi B. And, he, and I was like, is it Cardi B? He was like, I fucking hate you, bro. I thought I stumbled Damn. I was like... You had me. You had me in the first half. You, know, you had me at first because I was like, Latin and rap? What the fuck? I would not have think that she fell into the Latin and rap category. Yeah, she's Latin and rap. Just because that song that she had with, ben, with Bad Bunny and Jay Baldwin. Yeah. That... Nominella, nominella, spanella. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I love watching the sports trivia TikToks and the fact that I can sit there and usually go to bat with half of them. Like, there's these two twins on TikTok that do, like... Our TikToks are probably so different, bro. Oh, they 100% are. I have some sports. I'm going there's some sports on my shit, but it's hella music. I'll tell you that. Mine is sports, video games, and and sports. Yeah, I still have a lot of COD stuff all send, on my timeline. I need you to send some, like, of your video game TikToks to Ray, because I want him to get some on ours. Okay. Just to give my ideas. But, like, there's these two twins, and I actually, I thought it was the same fucking guy. Tim told me that it was actually a set of twins. One of them films, and one's in front of the camera, and they flip-flop. One does, like, obscure quarterbacks. So, like, he'll give them, like, this guy was drafted in the sixth round of this team. He also played for these two teams. You'll know him for the first one more. His career stay, he's like 6'5", 234. His career stats, zero touchdowns, two picks. And he sits there, and he sits there, and finally after two, three guesses, he's like, Jordan Palmer, boom, got it, which is fucking nuts. But then the other one does, like, franchise stat leaders. So, like, he's like, we're doing franchise stat leaders. He'll do NBA and NFL teams. And, like, the Ravens came up, and I got all of them right, like, first try, no wrongs. And I could sit here and name them for you all the time. Who do you think the Ravens' career passing leader is? Mark wants to Joe Flacco. Yep, Joe Flacco. Who do you think rushing yards is? Is it not Ray? Mm-mm. Not Ray Lewis. Or Ray Lewis. Not Ray Rice. Who is it? Jamal Lewis. Ooh. Back in the day, uh, yeah. Receiving yards is the one that stumps everybody. Is but Anquan? Anquan only played for us for like two years. Is it, uh, what's his name? Torrey Smith? Not Torrey Smith. It's not Torrey Smith. The one that you thought you liked that did the run back. For the oh, school. Jacoby Jones? Yeah. No, it wasn't Jacoby neither. Who is it? Uh, Derek Mason. The last receiver to have back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons yeah, in a Baltimore jersey. Most people don't fucking know that. I feel like Mark can break that this year. Possibly. He could be definitely... Him and Hollywood have a chance. Um, Sacks is Terrell Suggs. Picks is Ed Reed. 
before we leave, I want to change the script and the narrative. I'll do some, let you do some questions for me, and I'll guess that's okay. what you want to do. Yeah, whether it's music lyrics or if you want to do a person or an album. Okay. You tell me. You want me to run a game real quick? Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm going to try to read you some lyrics here and see. Run a quick five? Yeah, let me make sure I get my sound turned on so I don't play the song on accident. Let's go to songs, shuffle. Oh, we're doing songs? Yeah. All right, 10 seconds. All right. So, 10 seconds. You want me to play the 10 seconds? Yeah, you, you played the 10 Or, remember, we did the 10 seconds last week. Remember when I played the song? Yeah. And you guys had I got to try to get some non. You would have got this one in a heartbeat. I got to reshuffle now. So, play the first 10 seconds and then I'll guess. Okay. Alright. First song up. Might be an easy one. We'll see. I know it is. But the name's must be. Alright. That's 10 seconds. Then give me the artists. Artists. Yep. Let me not fucking set my phone down. Drinking future off of what it's time to be alive. Yep. Uh, drinking future, what a time to be alive. It's not. Lock from the gutter? <laughs> no, no, it's not lock from the Not diamond dancing. It's, <laughs> it's a. Uh, how many guesses do I get? I'll give you one more and then I'll play like another five, ten seconds to see if you get it. I just don't remember that track was like. But I, I just I know the song right. Can we play a little bit more? Yeah. That's twenty seconds in. This one is kind of tough. Uh, fuck it. I, it's the seventh song on the album. Fuck me. It's going to kiss me. What is it? I'm the plug. Fuck! Yeah. Uh, that's uh, Mona Lisa. Can yeah, I was like, I knew that that one, that one was going to be an easy one. Uh... Like we listen to that today, not that. Okay, this one might be easy. Yeah, uh, Playboy Cardi, whole lot of red. The songs don't fuck me up though. That's ten seconds. Can we stomp him? He got to get through the whole song. I'm surprised you didn't get it. I feel like Cardi usually says his titles pretty quickly, but I could be wrong. Fuck. You want me to play another?
He's doing the same shit I do where you try to catch it. <clears throat> it's just a song where he doesn't say the title enough? I'm curious. I gotta, I'm curious to see. <laughs> I love watching the wheels turn your head. It's a whole different show. Wait, hold on. Oh, he's almost there. He says, I gotta go bananas one time. Fuck. It's not Punk Monk. No. It's not I Love You, I Hate You. So, I'm gonna go on the limb and... There's so many songs on the album. Yeah, there is. It's not... New Neon? Mm-mm. What is it? I'm playing. Or not playing. Uh, not playing. Not playing. Oh, my God. I literally was there. I stopped. I'm not playing. Oh, my God. You yeah, yes. just got a All little right. bit. Yeah. Gonna. Off of uh, DS2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where's it tonight? It's definitely a famous song, and if I don't get this right, I'll be. It's gonna hurt you. It's gonna hurt me. Um, gonna. Is there any features on there? Not on this song, no. Not that's credited, at least. I can see through the sprite. Yeah, right. wrong are you, right? The lyrics you're singing, I feel like, are so close to the title. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wrong, you right. But whatever the price. But whatever the price. But whatever the price, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we need you. I, I'm stumping. What do you got? Hell of a price, my gunner. You're right there. I was. I, you literally. I literally said it. Yeah. I literally well, you, said it. You didn't. You said. What did you say? You didn't say hell of a price. You're close. You're right there. Mm. Okay. There we go. You ready? Yeah. I like this. This might be easy. Might not. I can't remember the intro of this. Not clicking. T Pain is it got? Is it on the three three sing the three circles the the circus one? Not that no, not that I can see. New or older release? Uh, it is 2017. Oh yeah, I probably wouldn't know. Yeah, then I'll play a little bit more. Tiffany Evans. T Pain, I mean, text to my ex. Yeah, when I got there. Yeah. Let's see. Okay, this one I'll give you the lob on this one. This one should be easier. Should be really easy. Yeah, looking after the victory lob. Fuck, it's song with Kendrick. I was like, I gotta stop it before he says it. <laughs> I think he opens the song with it. Yeah, it is. You got it. 
I knew that one would be a little bit easier. I just uh, toss you one back. Um, that won't be. That's definitely too easy. I don't think that won't be easy. Okay, this one might be easy too, but we'll see. I don't think Gunner's credited. He's, at least he's not credited on this one. It is Baby, though. Baby off of Street Gossip. Yep. Uh, this is my favorite song. Of the song. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, it might be my second favorite song. Of the song. <laughs> Top two. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn, because I don't listen to this album that much. Um, I listen to like three songs. It's like the top top four. Top four. Yeah, um, definitely top four. You want me to keep going? Yeah. It's right there. I'm glad I paused it when I did. Can you rap past what he just said? Can you play the, the, the 20 seconds? The 20 seconds again? Yeah. yeah. Paused it at the perfect time again. Damn. Did you? Was it that close? Yeah. The title is like right after that part. If you can keep rapping from where that's at. I just folding. Give me one more guess. You gotta. I mean, you gotta at least know some of the four songs, the top four songs on the album to guess. No, that is one of my. That's probably my second favorite song. Global. No. You want to play it? Yeah. Is it? Right there? I could have. Crush a lot. Fuck. Crush a lot. It's right there. Pure Cocaine and Crush a lot are my two favorite songs after that album. Oh. Pure Cocaine is. When you reach like this, you want to test Yes. That's just so hard. Okay. I'm fucking up, guys. I'm definitely do. I think this should be a lob, too. He, he think it's a lot of I was like, can you get the song title though? That's all for call me to get lost, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is. There are features on this. Two features. Oh shit, Tyler the Creator. That's uh the one with NBA YoungBoy and Ty Dolla Sign. <laughs> no, that's the one with Brent Fiaz yep. and Daisy. Uh. Have a nice day today, or something like that. Uh, fuck. There's like two names. Yeah, there is two names. Yeah, but you didn't name either of them. Just saying. No, we keep going. Thought you, something friends. I thought you wanna be friends. Mm. Uh, something friends. I know that. Yeah. 
I think you got it. I gotta play the title again. I thought you wanted to be friends. Dance. Dance. Okay. I thought that one would be a little bit easier too. That one's way too easy. Um, that was too. That's too easy. <laughs> Go non-rap for a minute. <laughs> no, nope. Boulevard of Broken Dreams for Green Day. I said shit. I think he says this early. I may have to cut this for ten seconds. That's off of his album. Off, off says what I said in the book. Father, uh, kids of four. Yeah, father yeah. four. Yeah. yeah. You're on the right album. I can't play you twenty seconds because he says the title. There is a feature. Really? Mm-hmm. CeeLo Green? J. No. Cole? No. I think it's Cardi. one of the... I think it's one of the top five in the track list. I think. I could be wrong. Let me look. Sixth. Sixth song on the album. Damn. Is this the one that has Travis on it? Is Travis on that album? Uh, I don't know. Let me look. Yeah, he is. Legacy's on there. That's the one you're thinking of. Damn. I'm going to go out and win. It's not Red Room. Wild Wild West? Yep. There you go. There you go. Um, I used to... Fuck with that song. Holy shit. Alright, here you go. Yo, Pierre, you You're gonna hit it. I think you. Range Rover Sports Truck. Fuck. Yeah, I didn't know he was gonna say it that quick. I was not ready for that. Bro, you you play that? You play that? You play that. I look at that album and it would have been pissed. Mm-hmm. Boy. Alright. I don't know. I don't know when he says the title of this one. So yeah. hopefully I don't fuck it up. Just, just look at the lyrics. It'll tell you. You're smart. Hold on. Cloudy. Burpires. It is Burpires. Yeah. Off the album with him with the Converses. Yep. Uh, it looks like it's an interlude. It's like 28 seconds ooh, long. It says interlude. It doesn't say interlude. But it is. It's only uh, 20, 32 seconds long. Mmm. And I hope I make it up. You're on it. I've been down. I've been down. Mm-mm. Make it out. Yep, there you go. <laughs> make it out. I was like, you said it! <laughs> That's too easy. We'll do one more. Let's All see right. if I can find one. It's going to be solid. Something's difficult, but not like gone. I'm rolling over like rock and roll songs or shit that's way too easy. Definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not. Maybe? Pick a good Gunther. Pick a song. Like a like alternative song, like Tim and Paul or something. Okay. That's my knowledge.
I'm just like this one play. It's a skit. Oh, it's my good. brothers and sisters. From, uh, cousin, 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 <laughs> yeah. I don't know the name of this. This is school bus. Yeah. My brothers and sisters. I knew that shit would give it away. That shit is so funny, bro. Okay. That is the last one. We'll call this one the last one. Ooh, it's off of Luka Tronic. Uh huh. Can we keep playing it? Alright, start it from the beginning. I ain't got no lyrics to this one, so if he says it, I'm just fucked. There's no lyrics to look at. No teaser, like no lost business. Not, not credited. Nice, good shit, dog. Good shit. All right, let's go, man. Not too bad. It's hard, bro. It is, bro. It's a lot harder. You did a lot better than I did, though, because like you, like I would play the song and you could at least get the lyrics. Like you do the same. You struggle with the song titles just like Sam does. Like I struggle to get the lyrics off just the opening beat. Like usually, if Sam can start saying the lyrics, then I can catch the lyrics and get the song. But like, like I would play like three seconds of a song and you start rapping. I'm like, fuck. Like then you just can't nail the song title down. That one. This one. I think the the one that's gonna stick with me is the one from earlier. The I'm the plug. Yeah. Oh my god, man. That's it, man. Me and Owen Burke. Yes, sir. Great show, man. Great show. W U. W U, brother. We'll be back next week. Listen to the Owen show. Listen to the Bullpen Bros. Listen to Rule Number One or the Nation of the South. And yeah.